Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Aaron, and I am the middle school pastor here at Hutch First Naz. And today, we are going to be continuing our series on the I Am statements that Jesus made. Last week, Pastor Kent led us in uh, the statement that Jesus made, I am the gate. And in that, he talked about sheep and shepherds, which perfectly sets us up for today's message when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, sheep have a tendency to be pretty stupid. And I know that might sound a little harsh. Uh, I didn't say they weren't cute. Uh, I just said that, you know, they have a tendency to be a little stupid at times. And, and this is what I'm talking about when I say that they have a tendency to be stupid. Right back in. They have a tendency to be stupid, right? That is, that's just, it's, it's, it's just in their nature, right? They, sheep, when left to fend for themselves, when left to their own devices, they do some stupid stuff like that. And, you know, it, they have no natural form of defense against predators. Uh, without the help or protection of something or someone else, they're defenseless. And, and people also have a tendency to be stupid. I don't even need to show you a video of that for you to know that it's true because we all know that that is true, right? There's probably some, th I had uh, so many things that I could have showed up here for this example, but it's, it's fine. So we'll just, we'll keep moving. Too many videos. Uh, people also have a tendency to do some stupid stuff, right, when left by themselves. Uh, specifically guys. Guys are more prone to doing this, these kinds of things. Uh, but girls can do them as well. So people will do some stupid stuff from, from time to time, but also people are defenseless against Satan apart from God. We have no defense against the devil without God. And so that is why God, it makes sense why God all throughout the Bible, all throughout Scripture, refers to us, God's people, as his sheep, as his flock. Uh, so there are uh, a lot of, of reasons why a, a sheep would leave their shepherd. Uh, a couple of them being temptation, right, fear, and just plain stupidity, right? There are tons of different reasons why a sheep would wander away from their shepherd or away from their flock. I, I listened to a devotional on temptation last week, and the author of the devotional described temptation as being nothing more than FOMO, or the fear of missing out. So what happens is we see something or we think about something that we like, and we think in our heads, and instead of just moving on like we know we should, we kind of have like an internal battle with ourselves trying to justify why we should do the thing that, you know, we know we shouldn't do. And so that is what temptation is. So temptation is just, it's nothing more than FOMO. But James chapter 1 verse 14 through 15 says temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Uh, these desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. 
Sometimes sheep are led away by temptation. Uh, sometimes it's by fear. They can be scared away from the, the flock. When I was about five or six years old, my family lived in a parsonage which was like behind the church, but also on this same property, there was this big pond in front of the, in front of the house. And we would go down there as, you know, really young. We would, you know, catch the frogs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we were down there and it was my sisters, my two older sisters, and my two friends, Kyle and Clayton, who are older than my sisters. And we were all down there and it started to get a little bit dark outside. And I don't remember exactly how all of this transpired. All I remember is looking up across the pond and I see uh, just a person. There's a, it's a dark outline of a person. We couldn't make out the person's face and they are running towards us. Like obviously they had to run around the pond, but it was not in a friendly way. It was very creepy and rightfully so. My two sisters and my friends take off, but I was like five or six years old experienced something I've never had and it's never happened since then. Uh, my legs completely stopped working. I couldn't move. I, I literally was frozen in fear as a little five or six-year-old. I couldn't do it. And they were yelling for me to move. I couldn't. I was like, I wanted to move more than anything, and I couldn't move. And so Clayton, my friend, ran back, picked me up, and like put me over his shoulders. I was still sh like stiff and carried me back to safety, so to speak. It turned out it was just somebody from the church playing a really bad prank on us, which kind of mentally scarred me because apparently I was one of the very few people who remembered this. But regardless, in that instance, if I were a sheep, then Clayton would have been a pretty good shepherd, right? Clayton ran back toward the danger to save me, so to speak. So whether it is temptation or fear or just plain stupidity, us sheep, that's us, as not just me, us sheep need a shepherd, and not just any shepherd, we need a good shepherd. We need a shepherd that is willing to protect us and to go search for us, go look for us when we get ourselves lost, and that is exactly what we have with Jesus. So, Today, which sets us up for today's passage. Today we are going to be in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with us and follow along there, we will be in John chapter 10, 11 through 18. If not, totally fine. It'll be on the screen behind me. So Jesus said in the opening of this passage, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. There are two Greek words for good. There is agathos, which is what we would use today uh, as a normal description of the quality of something. So an example of this good, of agathos good, would be like, uh, that's a good pen, or that's a good car, or that's a good whatever. It's just describing, you know, the quality of something, like we say today. And then there's kalos, and kalos is not at all what we use to describe good today. Kalos is when a thing is so, a thing or a person is so far beyond good that they're now lovely or perfect. And so that 
is the good that Jesus is saying he is in this passage. Jesus isn't saying like, I'm a good shepherd. You know, I got to do a pretty good job. I don't know why he has a country accent, but he's not saying that. He's not saying that. He's not saying how we would say good, like that's good, good job. He's saying, I am the perfect shepherd. I am the lovely shepherd. Uh, there, was, there were, have been some good shepherds over the course of, of history, specifically in the Bible, right? There was David. David was a fantastic shepherd, right? He, uh, he saved his flock from uh, a lion and a bear. He killed them, a lion and a bear, separate instances, all as a young boy and didn't have like much more than like a staff and, and a sling and some stones, okay? Uh, I don't know if I, I couldn't kill a bear like that. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, look at you. You can't kill a bear. Yeah, well, that's rude for you to have thought that. And so uh, not, neither could you. But anyways, he didn't even have a gun. But he saved his sheep from a bear and a, and a lion. And so he was a really good shepherd. Then you have Jacob. Jacob was a, a really good shepherd. He was really good at, at growing his father-in-law's flock and his own. Now, obviously, God helped him and blessed him, and, and so did God help David. But uh, then you have other, some other uh, top-named, you know, shepherds like Bo Peep and German shepherds, right? All are really popular, but none of them come close to Jesus. None of them compare to the perfect shepherd, and here's why. Jesus continued, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and my, I know my sheep, and they know me just as my father knows me, and I know my father. So Jesus explained that a good shepherd or a shepherd will risk his life for his sheep. But there is a clear distinction, there is a clear line in everybody's mind about risking and dying for, right? Very few, sh very few shepherds are going to die, like risk their life knowing that they're going to die for their, their sheep. It's just like any other profession, right? They know how to assess risks, right? You guys, very few people will risk their life knowing that they're going to die for something else because obviously we have logic and reason. But most of the time that that would happen, uh, it would happen, there would be occasions where a shepherd would, would die uh, defending his sheep from uh, an animal or uh, potentially thieves or other animals. But most of the time that this would happen to a hired hand, if a hired hand were to die uh, protecting the sheep, it was because they were legally obligated to do so. When they basically signed up to become a hired hand, to become a hired shepherd, they have a contract that they have to fulfill. And that is that they are responsible for the sheep, every single one of those sheep, uh, if something were to happen to them and they are attacked by just one wolf. If there was one wolf or like one thief, uh, they would be required to protect them. Otherwise, they would have to pay back whatever was lost, any of the sheep that were lost. However, if there were more than one wolf, uh, if there were wolves 
or if there were multiple thieves, or like a lion, or maybe you lied and said that there were more than one wolves, or, but there wasn't, then you would be scot-free. You would be completely legally free from protecting the sheep because it was too much of a risk. Uh, they clearly understood that their lives were more valuable than the sheep. And if a sheep wandered off in the middle of the night at doing stupid sheep things like the video, uh, then you would know, uh, you would know that, you know, it wasn't really worth it. It wasn't worth it to go and get that sheep because they're not that expensive, right? It, it, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't, they're not, today, you could buy a sheep today for under $300. You know what you can't buy for under $300? A shepherd. You can't buy a person for under $300. So it's pretty clear to see, you know, there's, there's a difference in the value. So a dead sheep, while not wanted, it's not a desired thing, it is preferred over a dead shepherd. Sheep, logically, are expendable, but we are called God's sheep, right? I said that at the very beginning. So does that mean that we are expendable? Absolutely not. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And when he said that, the people listening were probably like, well, this guy's off his rocker. He is insane. Uh, because that does not logically track, right? I don't even, it's not worth it to do that. So then Jesus continued, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. Uh, if you are anything like me, uh, I'm going to pause here because this I dislike, this is one of my least favorite things that Jesus did is when Jesus talks like in circles, kind of like this, and it just, my brain shuts off, and so if you're kind of like me and you read this passage, your brain kind of maybe reads like, I know my father, and my father knows me, and I before E, except after C, and you know, if you're like me and you have to pee, no, I'm just joking. Uh, if you're anything like me and you struggle with trying to follow the, the logic because it's a little deeper than the surface level, right? You might read this and be like, well, I understood that. Well, you're a smart Alex. So let me tell you that there's more to it than just reading the surface level stuff. And I did my homework for this, so you're welcome. Uh, so we're gonna talk about it. Let's talk about it. This is what Jesus says. He says, I am the good shepherd. He is the good, he's the perfect shepherd as we know. So he, that's Jesus, is the perfect shepherd. And he knows his sheep and we are his sheep and one of the reasons that Jesus knows us is for one he made us right and then for two if that's a statement for two he became human and experienced what it's like to be us so he lived in our lives like the the normal human what he, he took off being God and became fully God and fully human so uh, that is what he means when he says, I know my sheep. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7 says that he became human because he knew that being equal to God wasn't something that he should use for his own benefit. Instead, he gave up everything, even his place with God and accepted the role of a servant 
appearing in human form. So Jesus knows us because he's lived in a human body. He's experienced human emotions like joy and sorrow and temptation. And so Jesus knows us. So that's what he means when he says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. We know Jesus. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that aren't in this fold and I'll bring them too. They'll listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus is describing a massive extended family that starts with the love of the Father, so with the love of God through the Son, through Jesus to all of us. So starts with God because God so loved us that he sent his Son and then because of Jesus we are now all a part of God's family. And so that's what we mean when we use phrases. We have some churchy phrases in here like we'll talk about the capital C church. We're not talking about just like Hutch First Nazareth Church. We're talking about the church globally. This means regardless of your denomination, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are a part of the global church. And so we will use phrases like the family of God and brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And so we mean that because we are all a part of God's flock. We are all a part of God's family. And so like most, this is just a very important side note. Like most extended families, and even sometimes close families, uh, there are going to be people in the family we don't really like too much, right? That we're like, mm, I could go without this person being in my, in my family. They're a little annoying, right? But it's not up to the sheep to decide who's in and who's out, right? That is the job of the shepherd to determine. And so the only thing that a sheep should be concerned with are these three things. We should be concerned with clinging to Jesus, to loving others, and to telling others about him. So that is what this shirt means. It's, it's, it says kingdom worker. Uh, this is something that we got at, at CIY, which the high school is going to go to this week. Um, and so uh, kingdom work is when you do all three of those things. When you are, when you are following what Jesus has said and done when you are following his word, when you are telling others about him, and that you are loving others. That is what kingdom work is. I am a big dog person. I love dogs. Uh, for those of you who, who don't know, I have two golden retrievers. Uh, they are Norman and Keita. This is what they look like. Everybody say, aw. Thank you. Uh, but before I ever got Keita, Keita is the one on the left. Uh, before I ever got Keita, I knew I wanted to have a very well-trained dog. Now, if you know, this same, we got the same result last service. Somebody laughed. You know that that's not the case, okay? She is not the best trained dog, and that's on me. I will take accountability for it. Uh, but I won't take the full responsibility. There are other people involved in this. But um, my wife, for example. But it's okay. Uh, anyway, so I knew that I wanted a well-trained dog. She's not, you know, anything like a service dog. Service dogs are some of the best trained dogs out there. You can tell a service dog is in, it's working, you know, it's, it, is, it is in focus mode when it has those jackets on. If you've ever seen the dogs with like the red jackets, that is what a service dog is. And when they have been trained 
properly and they have been, you know, passed their training, uh, they are hyper-focused. When they're working, there's nothing that's going to distract them. There could be tons of tennis balls flying around. There could be squeaky toys. There could be treats. There could be loud noises. There could be other dogs, other people. The only thing that that service dog cares about is their owner or their master or the person that they are watching. And so that is the type of focus that we are called to have on our shepherd, on Jesus. This is not an exact uh, demonstration of a service dog. This is, it's not a service dog, but it is an example of the type of focus that I'm talking about. When I say like laser focus, I mean, I mean this type of focus. And who better to show and demonstrate this focus than a German shepherd? So watch this. Pretty good. That song's going to be stuck in your head today, so you're welcome for that. Uh, God's sheep, that's us, we are told to cling to Jesus, to love others, and to tell others about him. And I could do an entire message on just around the family of God uh, and, that, and that aspect, but we need to keep going with, with this message on the, on the good shepherd. So this is what Jesus says. He says, they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so that I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. So Jesus came into the world to die on a cross and then to be resurrected so that we could be saved, so that we could be saved from our sins. And he was not reluctant to do this. It wasn't like God had to make him do it. Jesus was willing to die for us because that was God's plan and Jesus wanted to, to help us. He wanted to be there for us. And so that's what he means when he says, the Father loves me because I sacrifice my life. So let's talk about why Jesus is better than uh, every German shepherd and all the other shepherds that we talked about. Because I said that at the beginning, I said Jesus is, the, is better than all of them, and here's why. So Jesus was the perfect shepherd because unlike every other shepherd and anyone who's ever lived and anything who has ever lived, nothing, no one or thing had the power to take Jesus' life other than Jesus. Nobody had the authority, nothing had the, the power or the ability to take away Jesus' life. He gave it up willingly. None of us have that kind of power. None of us have that kind of authority, but Jesus did. But we're talking a lot about death. We've been saying a lot about death, so let's talk about life. Because of this, we, those who believe in Jesus, now will have eternal life. When Jesus went and ascended into heaven, when he resurrected, when he came back from the dead, and then he went back into heaven, uh, he didn't just kind of leave us high and dry. He understood that we need a shepherd, right? And since he's not going to be here physically for us, he gave us his spirit. 
the gift of his spirit, which we call the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is you believe in Jesus, you accept him into your heart, and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells. It's another word for lives inside of you. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit living inside of us. And he, meaning the Holy Spirit, is our shepherd today. So that is the shepherd that we have today. And he shepherds us by comforting us, uh, providing us with peace, guiding us, directing us, helping us, uh, all of the things that a shepherd would do. And all of us that believe have this shepherd living inside of us. The, the question is, is will you listen to that shepherd's voice? And there's a pretty simple way. If you're curious to know if the shepherd, if the Holy Spirit is talking to you, there's a pretty easy way to determine this. Uh, I, at least I've come up with a pretty simple way. If you ever feel compelled, if you ever feel a desire to do something that you wouldn't normally do slash you don't want to do and it's nice, it's probably the Holy Spirit talking to you and you should probably listen to it. Uh, I'll give you an example uh, of, a, of a, it's not a good example, but it's an example nonetheless. Uh, so at, my, uh, at one of my previous churches, uh, I was uh, the youth pastor there and there's a kid named Ethan. Uh, Ethan was, uh, he's a cool kid, um, but he was not the most uh, in tune spiritually. Uh, Ethan wasn't the kind of kid who would have his hand raised during worship. Ethan wasn't the kind of kid who just struck you as just like, you know, sold out for Jesus. He was smart. He was smart, meaning like he knew his stuff. He would read his Bible, but he just wasn't like, you know, over the top uh, for God. He was the type of kid who would be like a distraction during the, the, the message, like in Sunday school and stuff. And so inevitably, for those of you who don't have kids um, and, and don't know, sometimes, uh, and even adults, you guys also have issues with this, but struggle with praying. You know, when it comes time to pray, it's like, who's going to pray? Everybody doesn't even, I've never heard of prayer. I don't even know what that is. And so you kind of look the other way. Well, so because Ethan would be the one who's distracting the whole Sunday school, we'd be like, all right, Ethan, since you want to be a distraction, why don't you pray for us? Well, Ethan was just a smart kid, and he would be like, oh, wow, big punishment for that for me. I get to talk to God. That's the type of, of person that, that Ethan was. He was he's just really smart. So one day, we're sitting in service. The, all of the students sat together. All of the, the youth sat together. So we would sit in like the second or third row from the front, and we would sit like right in here. And uh, I was sitting on the aisle row, and Ethan is sitting right next to me. And so this day, there was an altar call that we were doing, and an altar call just means uh, we were going to be singing two songs, and during those two songs, if you had something that you really wanted to give to Jesus, you would come forward, and you would pray at the altars, and you would just, you know, give those things, uh, whatever it is, to God. And it wasn't like you had to be a specific kind of special person to do that, and so it was just, you know, whatever you felt in your heart that, you know, God wanted you to do. And so, I'm sitting at the edge of the row, and the first song starts, and we're a couple seconds in, and uh, I hear this, like, voice in my head, and it was really quiet, and it was like, hey, Aaron, you should ask Ethan to go to the altar with you. 
And all of this takes place within like very few seconds in my head. And I was like, what? And I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, Ethan is not going to do that. I'm going to look real stupid because I'm going to be like, hey, Ethan, you want to go to the altar with me? And Ethan's going to be like, no. And I'm going to be like, cool. I'll just sit here then. I'll go. I'll leave. Actually, I'll just go home. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm not, I don't want to look like an idiot. So no, I'm not doing that. Like, and plus, I didn't know. It's like, you know, it's, this, it's just this, an intrusive thought because everybody has intrusive thoughts at times. And it's just like, is this just me trying to embarrass myself? Like, no thanks, me. Uh, and so I sat there for about 45 seconds. And again, just a little bit louder this time, uh, I heard that voice again be like, hey, Aaron, you should ask Ethan to go to the altar with you. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's uncomfy and he's not, he's not going to say yes. And so, uh, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So the first song ends. There's only two songs that are being played. Second song starts. We're about five seconds into the second song. Third time, I hear God's voice say, loudest, loudest of all, say, Aaron, you should ask Ethan to go to the altar with you. And this time I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to ask him. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. At that exact time where I just said no for the third time, Ethan stands up, turns to me, and says, excuse me, and walks down to the front and walks down to the altar. And I just sat there and just felt the worst. Because as pastors, we are called to shepherd our sheep. And our sheep, being specifically for me, is my students. And in that moment, I felt more like a hired hand than a shepherd. Because I was more concerned about myself. I was more concerned about how I felt and what I would feel like and what I would, you know, look like than I was with Ethan, than I was for my sheep. And I knew that I had let God down immediately. I knew because the Holy Spirit immediately convicted me and I felt just terrible. And I knew that, like, that was, that was God. That was God talking to me. And so, uh, listening, this is, this is, as we close, we're going we're gonna to come to a close. Listening to God's voice uh, is not the easiest thing ever. But the question is, what will you do when you hear his voice? When you hear our shepherd's voice, that voice inside talking to you, will you listen or will you wander? Will you listen or will you say, mm, pass, that's a little uncomfy, I'm not doing that. I want to be, I wanna, I'm going to do me. You know, what, what is your reaction? What is your response going to be when you hear God talking to you? Because he's, he, he will do it. And the thing is, is sometimes God's voice is, is more like a whisper at first. Like that first time that I heard God talking to me, that first, you know, the first time I had God telling me to go and ask Ethan, it's kind of really hard to perceive. It's almost imperceivable. It's almost like, like, did I hear that, you know, correctly? And so the really hard part is we live in a loud world. We live in a world that is full. Satan loves distractions. There, I mean, you think of it, there's things that you can use. You can just fill your whole day with stuff, 
right, and distract you all day long because you don't want to sit there and think about your own thoughts and just be alone. And so there's TV, there's the computer, you got your phone, you've got, you know, uh, music. There's just so many things, right? There are so many things that can distract us and pull us away. And so as the teachers would say, we need to have our listening ears on and try to listen for God's voice because sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's really quiet and it's hard to hear. And if we're too loud, if we're living a life that is, you know, not free of of distractions, then it's really easy to just tune God out, to just turn the volume up on the stuff that we want to do and the stuff that we want to hear and tune God down and just say no. And so, uh, the, the easy thing is, I mean, obviously, everybody, hindsight's twenty twenty. Everybody in here can be like, well, yeah, you should listen to God's voice. Duh. Well, we know that. But the hard part is actually doing it, right? The hard part is listening and then doing the thing that you have heard God tell you to do. Because it's not a one and done thing. It's not like a, hey, checked off listening to God this month or checked off listening to God this year. This is a daily oftentimes hourly task. It's not something that you could just be like, we're good, right? God's sheep, again, that's us, are told to cling to Jesus, to love others, and to tell others about Jesus. The problem is those are really hard. It sounds simple, but those are some hard things. Uh, For one, to cling to Jesus means you got to go to church. You got to read your Bible, right? I don't like reading, right? Some of you like reading. I'm not a big, I'm not, I'm not big on, on reading. So that means you got to, you got to read your Bible. You got to read, right? And some of you are like, I love reading. I am not the same person as you. And so some of us really dislike reading. And then you have loving others. Uh, Everybody in here, struggles with loving others, right? There are some people that are really hard to love, right? Especially randos that are driving on the road, random people that you're like, I don't think this person even knows how to drive, right? And then it kind of frustrates you or just people in, you know, Walmart, whatever it is, right? People can be hard to love. Your kids, you know, they can be hard to love sometimes. Parents, for the kids sometimes as well. Uh, People can be hard to love. So it's hard. It's hard to love. It's hard to, you know, read and then put into action the stuff that you're reading. And then the third one, I mean, they're all three hard. The third one, telling others about Jesus, talk about uncomfy, right? Talk about make you feel not so, you know, happy and like icky inside. You're like, I don't know if I want to tell this person. I want to push my opinions on them. I don't know if I want to invite them to, 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 to church. It might feel a little weird. Also, I'm not a big fan of this person because this person's a little weird. But again, those are the three things that we're told to do. We're not told to judge those people and, and tell them, like, you can't come to our church. You're too bad of a person. We are told to do those three things and be a kingdom worker. But the question is, again, What will you do when you hear our shepherd's voice? Those things are all well and good, but you got to do them. God gave us free will to decide what we're going to do. And so it is ultimately up to you on what you do. So what will you do when you hear our shepherd's voice? 
I pray that you would not ignore God's call on your life and that you wouldn't ignore God when he talks to you, our shepherd when he's talking to you, but you got to live a life that Jesus has called us to, to hear his voice. We're going to pray and then uh, Pastor Brandon's going to come up here. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for the gift of, of your, your Holy Spirit, the gift of uh, our shepherd. I thank you for loving us uh, and saving us and coming here and, and experiencing uh, what it means to be human and fully knowing who we are to the deepest and most intimate levels. And so, Lord, uh, I pray for everybody in here that you would be with us as we leave from this place and the distractions of the world and the volume of the world turns up, I pray that you would help us to turn those volumes down so that we can turn up uh, your volume, so that we can listen more intently to what you have to say to us. Lord, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.